I was just thinking about the versatility of the talent that God has uh, certainly blessed our church with. And, you know, it's <laughs> one of my pet peeves is whenever something doesn't go right in a worship service. And, I mean, it's just me, okay? So don't, I mean, don't read too much into it. But the default is usually to say, well, the devil just doesn't want us to worship God, right? I mean, if the sound messes up, the lights flicker wrong, or somebody hits, hits a bad note, well, the devil just doesn't want us to worship. And I've often thought, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe God's just displeased with our worship and wants it to be a little bit different. I don't get the impression here that that's the case. I get the impression very much that it is heartfelt worship in this place. And I believe with all my heart that God is pleased with the worship of Wind Baptist Church and the leaders that, that carry us through that musically. And I think he just showers his blessings upon us as a result of that. Anyway, I saw Chris this morning and uh, came up and talked to him because I didn't know the new guy up here, um, in person anyway. Well, this evening, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, well, I, I kind of wanted to start with talking about the contrast of this ministry environment for me compared to maybe previous ministry environments that I've been in. Um, it's interesting, you know, being in ministry, having gone from place to place over a period of time, and being in different locations and with different people of God, the way that God tends to reveal things to you. And I know that there is a distinct contrast. I mean, it is as clear as black and white. A distinct contrast of Wynn Baptist Church the community of Wynn, and other places I've been. And let me explain it this way. And, other, and I tread carefully because I know we're in a small community and even, you know, I served in Memphis before here, before being in Arkansas, so I mean, I'm, my, my circle is not too awfully large. But it's interesting because I've been in places where I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Satan has had a hold on a community. That Satan has had a grip so hard that nothing, it seemed, was going to chisel that away. And in the midst of that environment, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has had a shell around me, around my family. I know that God's protection has been around my family. So much so that as much of a hold as Satan would have on a community or a group of people, he could absolutely not penetrate that shell. Absolutely could not touch my family. And it's been amazing. It's an amazing feeling. But let me flip that. Because here I feel like it has been the opposite. And by that I mean I feel like God has had a hold on the community at large, perhaps, of Wynn. And I know there's a lot of unchurched folks in Wynn. I get that. So when I, when I speak in these terms, I really mean his, his, really his protection of Wynn Baptist Church, his people that represent him here in this community. It is evident to me, evident to me and evident to my family that God has done a work in Wynn, Arkansas, that is unquestionable. 
And so it feels like a flip. It feels like an opposite where God's got a hold of a people and Satan is trying his best to penetrate that. That's how it feels for me and for my family here in Wynn, Arkansas. Now, I don't know if that's how you feel, especially if you grew up here, but I feel like there has been a constant attack from the enemy upon the work here at Wynn Baptist Church. I believe it with all my heart. I experience it personally. I feel like, at least to a large degree, Satan has... And I'm not one to just blame everything on Satan, so let me just preface this with, with that. But I feel like over the time here that Satan has finally let up from specifically the strikes against our family. It's been about uh, probably about a year as far as the intensity goes, personally. However, I do feel like that Satan has not exactly let up with his attacks upon this body of believers. And more specifically, because it's where I most am active, my particular areas of ministry, our children's area, for example, the families within our church, I feel like that it's demonstrated through a number of things. And I mean, we can, again, I don't blame everything on Satan. I'm not that type. But just in recent time, and particularly even weeks and months and even really years at this point, various illnesses, for example, and, and cancers that seem to touch us so very specifically. The little things that impact my particular area of ministries that are just seem like mere inconveniences, but it could be as simple as car trouble. Not for myself, but necess not necessarily for myself, but for other people involved in the ministries that I oversee. Um, it may be just a simple text. It's like, oh, I can't get there because my car broke down and it's unexplainable, and now we've got to work on that. Now I cannot do what it is that I uh, agree to do. All right, that's just another example. Or family difficulties and relationships that have impacted somebody's ability to serve the Lord the way that they would want to and certainly feel led to do. And recently I was talking, you see, I kind of, I wished I'd kept the list. I wished really that I had, had just jotted down every single thing that I have said, well, you know, the devil is just trying to really thwart what we're doing here. Because I believe that's true. And recently I was talking to somebody, and there's somebody that's going through a physical difficulty, a physical health difficulty, and I said, you know, just out of curiosity, do you consider what you're going through a satanic attack on you? I mean, many of us in the room have gone through physical difficulties, we've gone through medical circumstances, maybe people know about it, maybe they don't. In my case, it's been pretty, I've been pretty open about the things that God has allowed me to endure medically and physically. And I don't know that at any one of time I specifically thought, this is just the devil coming on me. However, I, I do ask the question, and so I said, well, you think that Satan, is this like an attack against you to thwart your involvement here at Wynn Baptist Church? He said, I don't know if I look at it that way. And see, this is where I'm perplexed as a believer, because I look at it that way. See, from where I sit, I look at that person, and I say, I think that Satan is attacking our ministries in this way, as well as the other ways that I've thought in my mind and maybe listed out. And he looked at me and he said, well, I, you know, maybe so, maybe not. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, the, both can't be really true. I mean, the, both of those can't be correct. And he said, well, you know, they, they really can be. Because, you know, 
really anything that we're dealing with is, is ultimately a result of the fallen world and the sin in this world. And so even in a very generalized sense, it's an attack upon God's effort by attacking my body, is, is what he said. And so, I mean, I agree with that, although I still am very perplexed. I, um, and the rest of the staff, by the way, a few weeks ago went to the school. You know, we are, again, this is an example of how I think God has this great, this great dome over our community. We are allowed to go in the school <laughs> and do some most amazing things. I mean, we are allowed to go in the school and pray. Deliberately go walk the halls of the school and pray. I can go over right now and I can go to the, not now, nobody's there, but on a day of school, I can go over there and check in, I can sign in and I can have the freedom to walk up and down the halls. I can pray for every teacher by name and I've done that. I can pray for classrooms, I can pray for students, I can pray for the whole campus. I've been allowed to do that. That's pretty amazing. I don't think we realize just how amazing that is. Not only that, it's sometimes by invitation. That's also amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So a few weeks ago, your staff and I, we were all over there doing that very thing, and I just had this overwhelming sense of the Holy Spirit to carry that on into our Wednesday kids, which is what we do on Wednesday nights. And I, I mean, that very day decided we need to collect prayer requests from our children. And so we did that. We passed out cards. I've got a stack of cards about this thick where kids had written down their prayer requests and their concerns, knowing that we would pray over those concerns. And I told them that I had been at their school early, and I'd prayed for several of their teachers, and I'd prayed for their classrooms, and I saw even some of them that day. And they turned in these prayer requests, and let me just tell you right now, hold up, wait, 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 go back to your seat. He knows better. So I know that those requests, I can read through those requests and I see very clearly some of the exact same things that I consider satanic attacks upon this body of believers and really even this community at large. And that's pretty amazing. It's actually pretty daunting. As a result of that, our kids, and this is, I hope you think this is cool. I think it's cool. I've got about 12 names. 12 names of boys and girls who have agreed to have a kids prayer team on Wednesday nights. That's, I want you to understand what that means. That is kids, well, I limited it to 4th through 6th graders. So from 4th to 6th grade, I have kids who have agreed to be on a kids prayer team on Wednesday nights. What this means is that on Wednesday nights, when we are getting ready to start, we start at 6 o'clock, but kids are arriving about 5.45, and so what we do is we do some fun stuff to kind of capture their attention and keep them where they should be, and, you know, it's fun games, and they compete girls against guys, and we just have a good time before we have an even better time. They know that they're going to have to miss that to pray. They know that they're going to have to slip off in a room together and pray over, and I told them, specifically Wednesday nights. I'm going to provide a list of things that we know have been turned in by other kids that they can pray for. And let me tell you this, I know that they're going to pray for those needs and those concerns. I know they will. And I'm excited about that because that'll be, I've got an adult in there, but that's going to be a kid-led prayer effort here at your church, at our church, this body of believers. And I think that's so fantastic. I think that's absolutely amazing. God wants us to do that. He needs us to do that. And I mentioned last week that how dare we have the audacity not to pray 
frequently and often when Jesus himself did so as an example to us. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 22. Bible, device, whatever you have. I'm kind of a device guy. Whatever you've got, turn to Luke 22. Luke 22 is the chapter, and then verses 31 through 34 are the verses. And I'm going to read through this, and then I just want to kind of talk through it a little bit. This is Jesus speaking, and he's in a conversation with Peter, who you'll notice he calls Simon. Verse 31 says, Simon, Simon, behold. That means pay attention. Behold, Satan demanded, or maybe, your, maybe your, your Bible says asks, to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, The rooster will not crow this day until you deny me, deny three times that you know me. 